introducing the person who will be preaching this morning. Um, her name is Eileen, and she is actually one of the, the, the longest attending member of this church because she actually founded it. So I would like to invite you up here. She is one of these people who will make you feel completely welcome as soon as you meet her the very first time. I know I did. I already feel loved by you forever, and she is a role model for me too. Um, a woman in ministry who has led the charge through these many years. And so thank you so much for doing this. This is actually a tradition that we have here that you speak the last Sunday of the year. So we're so happy to have you back. And I'm sure you should totally get to know her and all of her stories. I'm so excited for the next time that I get to sit down with you and hear more of what you have done and what God has done through you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. It's been a wonderful morning, hasn't it? The music and the singers and all the people who, who worked with their, not all, there was only one who had their guitar there and then one in the other part, and they just did so well. Thank you so much, dear. That's lovely. I just need to sit my Bible. This, this needs to be a little wider for me, and so I just put my Bible here, so that's good. It's just wonderful to see you. Some of you are not here. I see some of the people. They're, they're still away in the holiday, but it's wonderful to have every one of you back. And uh, I just even have a daughter and, and her husband with me over at this end. And that's a special gift for me, too, from way over the other part of the town. There you go. <laughs> that's really wonderful. Well, today is a special morning. And as has been spoken a little bit, Last year, when we were here on Sunday morning, it was the day of uh, what was coming, the new year. It was the morning of the new year that was coming in that evening. Now we're just a week behind, and here we are, and, and tomorrow it's the beginning of the next one. So I thought we can't just talk about um, every other thing. I wanted to say, Lord, what can we have that we can think about ourselves, can think about what God wants us to do as we prepare for the new year? And not just we say, oh, I'll try this, and you try it a little bit and then forget it. No, this is something different. It's something very strong and something different that we will not forget when we are thinking, what is God going to do for us? So it was, it's going to be... Uh, the day after tomorrow, it is going to be, the, not even the day after, just in the evening, it's going to come to be 2019, the new year. And what God is going to say to us, I pray that you will not forget to just do it for a few days and forget then. No, it's changing your whole life for the whole time. And I would like to just pray for a moment before we start. Could we bow our heads? Father, this is a beautiful church. It's just lovely to be here. It's wonderful to be with all our friends, etc. But at this time, as we bow our heads, we just put ourselves together and say, everyone, for every one of us, you touch us, whatever you want, however you want to teach us through this morning, do something in our lives that it will be absolutely different. And I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. First, I want to say, can you hear me? 
I'm starting, I'm wearing something new, I think, and I just want to be sure you can hear me. Okay, everybody's nodding their head, so that's good. I have three little points of my message today, and I want to tell you what they are. This is what I've planned for. First of all, it's the, number one, is the influence. We're going to talk about an influence, the influence. Second is changing lives. And third is shaping history. Let me say it again. Don't forget. Influence, changing lives, and shaping history. God wants to put these things in our hearts. Now, when I first started planning for this and working on it and so on, I thought I better go to the dictionary and find out really carefully what all of these things mean. So what I did, I studied, and when I came to influence and, and went into the, and, and checked it out, it just was, oh, so long, this and this and this and this. There were so many things said about it, but all of a sudden, a new word came, and it was this. Influence was... Uh, uh, was the part of character, understanding character, realizing character. Then I read shaping history, or no, no, not, but uh, changing lives, I should say. Changing lives. Well, what do we mean by changing lives? Well, it, it's by changing my life, changing my life, and changing your lives. Every one of us can have our lives changed in some way. Some of you are so wonderful. You, you think, well, I don't even know. Well, I don't even know if I need more, too, but I want more. I want to have my life changed to know more what God wants me to do. And then shaping history. Shaping history. It is important for us that all, that we know all that history is happening all the time. History, not just something that's done for this year, one time a year, whatever. History goes on and on and on. And we are learned, we are to be learned, rather, to understand that. Changing lives, changing your life, every one of you, the young people. There are a lot of young people who aren't around here that I see as much as usual. But, but when you're young, when you're a young person, remember that you don't have to just be like you are every day. You're just here, and, and you don't much else, and it's all, all this, you're just doing the same things all the time. No, there is much that can happen, changing your life. And, and I, remember, I remember when I, um, thinking about history then, I remember when I taught school once, before I was married, I was up north, and I taught school in this wonderful place, little place of all little kids, and I can remember there were men that would come quite often who were doing the, the work of, of uh, if I knew the name of what they do, I forget. But anyway, they would visit in the church, or not in the church, in the, in the uh, school, and they would, um, they would check what we were doing. But then sometimes they'd come with a box, and they would say, uh, we want you to give away those old books that you had in such and such a place, and here are the new, here's a nice box, and all the new things are in it, so that they can learn it more. Oh my goodness. And here they were, 
bringing us new history, new history about some language or about some, some work that's being done in the world. You see, history carries on completely. So that's how I studied about it. And so for, now I'm going to start speaking to you about how I felt. Sorry about that. I'm bumping at myself. Anyway, first of all, I want to say something that God it has a promise for every one of us. God has a promise for every one of us. Not one of you is left out. Every one of us, God has a promise. It may be young, maybe young people. I, I kind of miss all the young people because they were here for, they're here so much and so many of them. Oh boy, do I love preaching to the young people. Not just preaching to them, loving them and talking to them and being with them. But anyway, there are youth, there are adults, and there are grandparents. There's some lovely grandparents here. And there are children. And I, some of you may be saying, just like I said some time ago, oh, well, children, it's too, they're too young to know that. Or how would that ever happen? But I want to tell you a story. Children are very important. Now, they're not always all here. They're, they're back in their own place, but they're hearing things there. But I remember when we moved to Manitoulin Island, you'll know that, Marla, very much when we went to the island. And, um, oh boy, the kids love to do everything. They like to do all the swimming and all the things that they had to do. But in the morning and in the evening, at the camp time, there were always preachers, and they always went to hear, hear the meeting. And I can remember, uh, one, this is when we first went there, about the first time we were there, I believe. And, um, and so that, they brought friends too. They brought their boyfriends, they brought some girlfriends. And, and they had so many people and they sat, 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 sat they lay, slept rather sometimes just outside in a, whatever they call them, those things, you know what they're all called about. And um, anyway... We, we would always go on, on Sunday night. I remember one Sunday night in those camps when we were first there. My kids were, had all their friends there, and they all went to the church, and they sat where they wanted, and, and just was wonderful. And uh, my little boy always was there, too, and he set, kept supposed to be in a certain place for me and wait for me. And so when the pastor finished one day, uh, he had preached a wonderful sermon. It was so great. And he said... Um, listen, he said, there are some of you I know who have never accepted Jesus into your life. You've never asked God to come in and do something for you. And he said, I, I've preached on it today. And for every one of you who would like to know about it, you just come right up to the altar and kneel at the altar. Just put your hands up and, and kneel at the altar and we'll all come and pray. Well, the young people, even my kids, they all came and everybody, and the place was packed. That church was packed. And, and they all came and they knelt at the altar and they had their hands up and people would come and pray for them. And one day as I was playing the piano, because that, that was what I did most of the time uh, for the camp, I was playing the piano and leading the singing as quietly as the people were praying and and all of a sudden, I saw a little boy come up the other side here. And I thought, who's that? And I looked, and it was my little boy, four years old. He was only four. And I thought, oh, he's going to come and want me to do something. But he didn't come anywhere near me. 
He walked and he looked for a place where there was space that he might be able to, to kneel in. And finally he found a low place and he put his hands up and he knelt down on the altar and he sat like this. And I thought, oh, I've got to pray for that. That's my little boy, four years old. I've got to meet him again. I've got to talk to him again. Anyway, I looked over for another woman who was sitting not far from me. I said, come here, come here. And she came up and I said, sit in this, sit here and play this piano. I've got to pray for my little boy. And so she sat. Nobody even knew there was a stop. So I just play, played and she did with one hand and I did and then I, I left. So I went to find where, she, where he was, there he got, and I thought, boy, there's so many people. But I squeezed myself in on my knees, just got in, and I put one arm around my little boy. And I just said to him, oh, sweetheart, can I pray for you? Do you want me to pray for you, honey? And, and he didn't change. He didn't move. His hands were here. His face was here. And there wasn't a change he was going to make. And the only thing he did when I asked him, he pushed his elbow over me, the edge of me where I was sitting. He pushed it over. He said, this is what he said. I know what I'm doing. I will do it myself. <laughs> That's what a four-year-old boy. And I just started crying. I had tears in my eyes. And I thought, and then the Lord said, I have spoken to this boy. He wasn't just being funny. He said, I know what I'm doing, and I want to say it myself. He knew that God was calling him. And many times, oh, he wanted to, he, he used to say, oh, I'm going to play golf. I'm going to play, not golf, but all the big games they play everywhere when they're young kids. And that's what he always said. But one day he told me, he said, Mom, it was when I was in Manitoulin Island. And probably when he was a little bit older, too, in those years, he said, I knew that God called me. So when you're a little child, God is speaking. Oh, bless your children. I have wonderful children, and they're so marvelous. If I could t I'd like to tell you about the dear girl who's here, and she married a wonderful husband, something like her. And I could tell you about them if I could, if I had time. But I talk too much about all my children, so I better quit. Is that right? <laughs> anyway, but this little boy, this is what he did. So here, anyway, I want to go on. So all of us, every one of us, young, middle, middle, and old, and older, everyone, God has spoken for us. And I love the scripture, and I've told you before, I do read, um, I read a lot of the Psalms, and I read the others all together too, but in the mornings I like to do the Psalms. But years ago, I, I was reading them, and I thought I knew all about it, um, and I just would read up and back and back and forth and so on all the time, and I, I met wonderful piece, pieces that there were there. But one day, a long time ago, I'm sure Marla was still in her home, and John was around there just high school or something. I was, it wasn't that long. Uh, you know, it was, it was early, but not too long. And I was reading in this particular psalm, Psalm 27, and this is what God, uh, what David, rather, the King David, said about the Lord, and this is what he read, and I, what I read, and he, he, it said this on the scripture, I cry out to God most high, who fulfills his purposes for me. Now, did you catch it? 
He didn't just cry about anything. He cried out with joy. Like we sang some of those songs. Just God is so great. And he cried out with joy, a God most high who fulfills, I read this, and who fulfills his purpose for me. God fulfills purposes for every one of us. Now, we mentioned it last year, and people have read it, and people have preached it probably, but I remember last year when we talked about when, when we were being born in the mother's womb, God spoke, I am fixing your life. I'm putting, he didn't say fixing, these are my words, but he was putting things into my life, something that, that is going to, he'll, you'll do as you grow up. He's putting wonderful things for you. And it, is, it wasn't just me, it's for every one of us, everyone who's sitting in this pulpit. God has planned something for every one of you before you were born. The scripture's there if you want to know where it is. I'll tell you, talk about it later after the service. But God had put, God had put things within me. I didn't know. I had no idea. When I was playing as a little girl and had all my dolls sitting across the table, across the floor, like around on a little chair, and I would just sit them all up there all by myself when I was really young, and then I would preach to them and tell them about Jesus. And little little girl I was, I didn't know. He'd ever let me do that in the future, but he did that. And I sang. I sang all the time. I didn't know I was going to be a singer or a musician of any kind. And, and so there are things that God has given all of you. And if you think about it, you think, sometimes we didn't know that God had put it. I didn't know that God put it in earlier until I read that in the scripture. So there's so much within every one of us, every single one of us. Not one of us here is ordinary. And I want to tell you, everyone, young, older, medium, whatever you are, God has planned to fulfill every person, every uh, everything that he has put within each one and you may you will grow on this now some time ago also i read a book it was given by david bryant and some of you others i i met mary has read that years ago she remembers that because we i think we talked about it years ago <clears throat> his name was david bryant and he had written a, a a story one of his books we read several of them one of them was um about prayer one of them was just about prayer. And I thought, oh, this is wonderful. We read this, started reading. I was just enjoying it so much and learning it so much. And then all of a sudden I came to a place where I read this in the book. And, and David, David Bryant wrote, there are three kinds of people into the world. There are three kinds of people into the world. And I thought, what on earth is this about? I want to talk about prayer. However, this is what he said, and then I went on to read it, and he said, one, number one of the three, those who are unaware that history is happening. There were people, in the, there are people in this world, one of the kind, who don't understand what history is happening, when nothing is happening. 
Number two, there were those who watch it happen. If they happen to see it, they, they think something's happening, but they don't understand it, so they just don't worry about it. And then there are those who make it happen. Those who make it happen. History, the things we're to do in our lives that God wants us to do. There are, there, there are many there. The third kind. All right, if we could go through and just mark it all up. Which kind are you? Which kind? One, two, three, and go by and think, I believe that all of you, I I really believe, I trust God, that every one of us knows that we understand that God wants us. He wants us in my life. He wants me in my life. He wants it still in my life. Not just yesterday or a long time ago, but he wants it every day. And he wants you in your life. Well, how do you get it? How do you get it? The thing is, the best way to know if, if God has you, you're in his book. The best thing, if you want to learn anything for God, read the Bible. It's not something off. I remember when I was younger, even when I was early married, just really early, they were having all these memory things, and we had to have a group of women, they did the memory. Well, I can memorize all those things in no time. And when I went in for the time we were going to do it, this is back in Hamilton when we were there, and they would take me someplace. I was a young woman, 24, 21. And so I just could, I could just memorize all that, but I didn't really know what it meant. I, I could read, they say, read, read at least one part a year, or one, not a year, one part a day, and I'd read one part a day. What on earth did I read? I don't know. Sometimes you, when you're young, you don't understand. But when, all of a sudden, when you can l- learn to open this Bible, and, and don't just start and say, oh, I did it, just start, and oh, I'll do start here, I'll do third, whatever. No, when you take your Bible, friends, and oh, you're probably all smarter than me. You could probably come and preach this same sermon, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> you're, you're going to let me hear, be here. Anyway, I learned that what you do is when you get your Bible and you're going to pray, you say, oh, Lord, please come into my heart. Let me hear what you're saying. I, I don't just want to read it for fun or just read it for hope because I never remember it. But Lord, put something into my heart. And God showed me. If you pray first, God's there and he's just ready to give you something to be in the word. And you young people, you're so wonderful. Uh, So many of you just always ask God first. And and don't think of it weekly. Have a time in your life, not not just you kids, but every one of us. There needs to be time for every one of us to be able to open this word. There's the TV and you're tired out and there's something else and whatever is going on. Oh, get into God's word. Get into the scripture. And then you will begin to fully know. That's what God said. He's, what, what Paul, David said about the Lord, he said, he's going to fulfill my purpose for me. And when you get into the word, you're going to know what God wants for you to do. This is so exciting. Anyway, I hope you're excited. <laughs> I really hope you are. I met, <clears throat> pardon me. It was a little bit later than that time uh, that I read another book. 
I found another book, and it was marvelous. It is a mar- I read it all the time, once in a while, because it's so, so heavy and small print, and on and on and on. You can hardly read it, but it's marvelous. And it was written by a main man named Altsenitsen Solzen. No, no. Alice, I've been trying to figure this all out, and I thought I could say it well. I can't, but the last name is Solzhenitsyn. Solzhenitsyn, and and his other, his first name, I'll tell you later when I get it back here. But it's Solzhenitsyn. He he was from Russia, and he was a writer, and he never stopped. He was a marvelous, his a marvelous Christian man. And he talked about God and talked about the worship of God and the life and how to live and how, how this country should be. And he was a marvelous man. But when, the, when suddenly there was a war that had come on and it was, he was just entering into it. And he wasn't entering, but the world was entering. That part of the world was entering. And the people... In the country where he was, where he was living, uh, they, the people who were leading, they were sent out, and a new Soviet Union came to pass. Soviet Union. I had to figure that one out fully. But the people in those in that place now took over the government. They take away people's freedom. They in in they took away the freedom of religion. Of anyone who was a Christian, they weren't there. And, and suddenly, because people who were just going to stand for God, they were going to be right even in this terrible course, they, uh, these people started to say, they said, we're taking you out of here. And Solzhenitsyn was one of them, one of the first of them. And, and they suffered for so many years and so much pain because when they had been taken... They were taken into underground. They weren't just put into some nice place temporarily and they're going to sit. No, they dug and they took them in by some buses, or not buses, but, um, oh, what is it they did? Anyway, a great big place where they put these people in and they couldn't see out. They couldn't see the windows out. So they were there just in the darkness. They had no idea when they were put out in the dark underground they had no idea where they were because they didn't know if they're going left right up down whatever and there they were and there were women in some and men in some and several so many people went to the underground Solzhenitsyn was one of them and the people suffered they were they were so sad they were so brokenhearted uh, and, and they had nothing to eat hardly, and they were trying to work a lot and making them work very hard. It was just very difficult for them. But I want to tell you that Solzhenitsyn did not give up at all. Solzhenitsyn. He did not. He kept writing. How did he write when he's over there? He'd pick up little pieces of paper that were sitting somewhere, he, and he'd just catch them always. And any time he'd sing, he, he had a little pencil if he could find one, and he'd read all these things that God put in his heart, how he wanted to help the people know about God and who he is, and, and that this is not the right place to be in that country. And so he was writing all the wonderful things that should be done when it was changed. 
and, and he'd write them, and he ran out of a lot of little pages. So what he would do, he'd take back them, and instead of going this way with his book, he would write it across this way, and write it on top of it, and think, so that he could read it in both pages. Sometimes he ran out of a page, or, or even a pencil, or anything to do, and he didn't have a paper left. And he thought, Lord, and his heart was, God gave his heart so much, and he was listening to what should happen and what they should do. And he just, I said, I've got to memorize this. So he memorized all the things in his heart. And for years, when they, when they brought them some to Canada later, when, he, when that was fixed up, that, that place, um, there were 20 pages that were put into our languages so we could understand. I read, I was reading one of those pages. It was powerful. Well, it, they were there for more than 10 years. A little over 10 years was what, at the time when they were going to be asked if they wanted to come. And, and the people could hardly believe that they're going to be let out. They're going to be let out after this because that awful uh, part of the Soviet Union, those people were gone. And the right people were in uh, to, to do different things to help bringing up all those people. And so, he did. And as I was reading my book, about the, in this man, about all the things that were going on, suddenly, suddenly I read something. It was unbelievable. And um, Solzhenitsyn um, I was speaking some amazing words. At that time, they were speaking amazing words. And they were strongly written for the people who were in. And I thought, what, what is, what's going on? But he knew that the, that this, the um, shortness of time these people had after suffering and so on. And he, he wrote in his book, this was their day. This was the day. They were being to be up again, out of that terrible place. And he said, those are with, this is their day. And it was their moment. And I heard the words he said to this people. Listen to what he said. In that little book, in big book, it said, we must be hurrying after history. We must be hurrying after history in, uh, to impose a shape on it as it glides away. And this man, we, I just knew, it's as if he had read what I read in the first part of my, my notes. What we were to be. We, we were to be, have an influence that could change things. And that we, he, would ch he could change his life. And, he had, and that he would know that um, history never stops. And that's the kind of man he was. He had heard from God. He was a godly man. And he went on and on after that. Even when he got out, he followed Jesus. And I just thought, that man is such a marvelous person. Now we think, oh dear, but that's when they get on all this war and all this all stuff and they're in. No, no. God doesn't call only that kind of man 
He didn't just call that kind of, when you do all those terrible things, God doesn't help look after him. No. Today, today you young people, just brand new leaders with us here in our church, with the youth, with the children, and, and all of you kids, whatever you're doing, and you young people, your moms, and your dads, and your young people, and your old people, every one of us, God is saying, listen, are you changing your time, your lives? Are you changing a little bit? Are you thinking, boy, I could do something different in my life? Do you ever think of that? Or you just think, oh, no, I'm so busy. I have to go here. I have to work here. I have to do something else. Oh, it's so terrible. Listen, take a hold of God. Take a hold of God and know what he's saying about you. He wants to do something for every one of us. And, he wa- and the last thing that he talks about is shaping the history. I want to tell every one of you, I want to tell you, you're a young person here for the church. Starting out, how many months have you been here to, for being the pastor? Six months, just six months, this little girl's been here. The musician, the pianist, where are you? I don't know where he went here. But anyway, the way he leads that song, the music, the people who sing out here, God is working for you. God wants to give you something. Every one of us, God wants us to be different, to feel different, to understand different, to read it in a sense where you'll know what's happening. And that's... That is what I felt. And I told you that story. If you have never read about him or read about that ever, don't, um, don't just let it down. Don't just forget it. Because God wants you. Well, you, you might say, well, Eileen, I'm already about as old as you. <laughs> you might say something like that to me. And we are. We're grown up and we're grandparents and great-grandparents And, oh, my goodness, but you know something? We're not finished yet. God is calling every one of us to keep doing it. So from the youngest to you young kids sitting here, God bless you. God has plans for you. Everyone, I wish there were more of them sitting here because I could see them up there. I see another couple, too, and, and here and there. But you young people, don't worry about, there's something sometimes I was going to say, uh, what, what is this again? Let me see. Oh, just a minute. I could just stand up here and pretend I'm writing. and Because I have to write this and send a little note back. It's easy to do that. It's fun to do that. It's fun for you kids. But it's not good for you always. It's not good in the church to be sitting and doing that. And most of the kids aren't here. The ones that do it, they're gone for a while. So don't worry about that. But I want to say let's not any one of us Give up. Thinking God doesn't remember me. He'll never tell me. I tell you, I pray for my kids. And I still pray for them. And I pray for them and their husbands and wives. And I pray, Lord, make them strong. Let them do what God wants them to do. So I want us to say a prayer. Thank you. Father, this has been really unique, I know. Just a little different than we've ever just expressed it before. But Lord, I believe you have spoken. And I pray for every one of us, from the grandparents, the older ones, who are weary, maybe, and tired. Thank you for all of those who know how to get in that word 
and to speak the gospel. If anyone's forgotten, Lord, just write them up again if they did. And the, and the, the others, the older people, the, the moms, the dads, and all those people in that department, Lord, oh, stretch, stretch them, strengthen them, fill them with your, your wonderful joy and love because we know you're working and the young people especially Lord if there are young people younger people remember them to remember the word of God in your holy name amen amen the musicians are oh you're just marvelous thank you and he's just come right away. I was going to say you could come, but there you were. And, um, and he's just so wonderful to be with us here. And, and if there are any who want to, I want you to, I would like you to come and sing, lead, lead a song for us. Oh, yeah. Can I you will. do that? Lead, oh, you yeah, do it. You're the one. Oh, thank you. No he's going to lead a song. We're going to, thank you, dear. We're all, <laughs> oh, well, I. I, I could do something to all do the drum. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to pray. I, I am. Okay. I'm going to pray. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I did pray, but I got prayed ahead of you there. But anyway, um, we're going to. I'm ask everyone to stand, and maybe a, a few of us can pray standing across the front. Any of you who are here, come. And the pastors who pray somewhere, there's a pastor here somewhere. I, I think he's coming. And, and, and if there's a, a wonderful father of some kids and you feel like coming, I think you could always do that too. But in the meantime, yeah, you're going to come, oh, praise God. If there are kids, especially if there are young people and you've never really thought of it quite in that light, quite the same, just slip up because these people will say a prayer for you. And I can come down and pray with you as well. But, but at any rate, let's just sing the song and we'll give you time. And if you're an adult... And you think, I have, I've just forgotten a little bit about it. I want to get back at it. Please just come to, your, to the front, and we'll pray with you as well. So now you're going to sing a song and pray for it with it. Sing it, I mean. Good. Thank you. And I'm going to slip down. And if you want to come, you just make your way. 